Yep. <laughs> Talia says she don't have the coconut virus. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Monday, everybody. How are you guys doing? Welcome to NPL Legal Dish. I am Natalie Pierre-Lewis. I am the host of the show and the owner and operator of NPL Consulting LLC, a business formation firm. What that means is I help people like yourself Get your business paperwork together. So if you need help with EIN numbers, registering your business with the state, DUNS numbers, contracts, basic brand protection strategies, hiring employees properly, operating agreements, partnership agreements, um, I help you with all of that, okay? Um, Why am I qualified to help you with all of that? I'm a licensed attorney, have been one for 14 years and counting. I have started multiple businesses for myself and others, both online and offline. I have had many careers in the realms of entrepreneurship, the law, education, hospitality, and administrative support. And most important, I'm very passionate about making business and legal education as accessible to everyone as possible. Not everybody has the time, the money, or the desire to go to business school or to law school, but so many of you have amazing business ideas. And if you're going to make it in business, there's just some things you need to know. Um, and that's how it works. All right. So if you want to work with me to get that dream business off the ground, y'all got some time on your hands since you're supposed to be self-quarantining. Go to the link in my bio, linktree forward slash NPL consulting firm and book yourself a free 15 minute consultation. If you are a first time client, also you want to download the biz launch cheat sheet. It is totally free and it will help you get your business, your dream business started in seven days or less couple of other things that I wanted to um, remind you about. So this whole situation was unforeseen and a lot of you, um, you may have had to uh, cancel contracts or, you know, push things back with your clients and you may need to update your contracts to reflect things like this. Um, you know, what's your cancellation party um, um, policy? What's your refund policy? So I do have um, a service that you can, that you can book using the link in my bio to get your contracts reviewed to make sure you cover yourself. All right. Um, yes. Um, Tanya said North Carolina schools are closed for two weeks. Girl, schools in Boston are closed for six weeks. Okay. Baseball Burke said, right, let's get these businesses legal while quarantined. That's right. Be productive. Um, Yes, but um, that's enough. That's enough about what I do. What we're here for. We are here for the show. NPL Legal Dish is where we learn business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. How I pull stories that you guys suggest to me that I get in my email that I see on the shade room that I see wherever in media, and I pull the ones that I feel like have lessons that we can learn as business owners, and we discuss them. All right. So this is a conversation. I want to see you guys. I want you. I want you guys to put some comments in the buttons. I'm going to ask you questions. All right. Hey. I'm going to ask you questions. I want to talk to you. So don't just sit there and be a wallflower. This is, this is an open space. Nobody is going to judge you. This is, this is just a casual conversation. Okay. So we are going to get started. Um, uh, if, uh, okay. So first story that we are talking about tonight, um, the first two, they're kind of techie, um, but they're very important. So, does anybody here um, know what a private equity firm is or know what a venture capitalist firm is? If you know what a private equity firm is or if you know what a venture capitalist firm is, please put, um, put a one in the comments and if you don't, put a two. So, both of these types of organizations, they uh, basically take people's money and they invest it in kind of... Uh, riskier but more profitable investments so investments that you might be not might not be able you know what it is oh yes you're a finance person tanya so 
and oh good beast no bird knows what it is too so investments that you might not be able to get from the bank you don't know what it is yeah so investments that you might not be able to get from the bank you can go to these private equity firms or these venture capitalist firms and say hey take my money and invest it and make me more money and they usually work with people who have a lot of money i can't go in there with twenty dollars and say hey venture capitalist invest this for me they're usually working with you know portfolios in the millions of dollars maybe in the hundreds of thousands but it's usually larger all right so that is the background on private equity firms and venture capitalist firms why did we go through that definition so in California, there's a little bit of a tiff going on, all right? There is a company called Sutter Hill Ventures, and they are a private equity firm, and they invest in technology, healthcare, semiconductor industry, telecommunications, consumers, uh, and the consumer sector, okay? Um, and they are one of the oldest private equity firms in the country, all right? So they've got a long history. Here's the problem. In California as well, there is a company called Sutter Rock Capital, and they are a venture capitalist firm, all right? They're not as old as Sutter Hill. So you got Sutter Hill Ventures and Sutter Rock Capital, all right? So Sutter Hill is suing Sutter Rock Capital for trademark infringement because they do have their name protected over the word Sutter. They said that there has there there is confusion in the marketplace because the both of them work in very related fields. They take rich people's money and they invest it to make them more money, right? So Sutter Hill is saying that Sutter Rock is infringing on their name that they have spent all of these years building up. They said there's already confusion. They have gotten emails from um, people looking for Sutter Rock and they send the emails to Sutter Hill. So now they want an injunction, meaning they want the court to tell Sutter Rock to stop using the name, and they also want attorney's fees, okay? So, my high flowered hearth, so my question to you is, do you think that there is room for two uh, investment companies with the name Sutter in them in the same state? If you were in a, if you were in the state of California, and you had, let's say you had $3 million that you want to invest, and you hear that there is Sutter Hill, and there is Sutter Rock, would you be able to tell the difference from them? Would you think that they were related? Because that is what, what marketplace confusion means. It means that when I see the name, I don't automatically think of that one company. It makes me think of multiple things, or if you use someone else's name, they, you, they think that you are affiliated with that company. So do you think that these two companies, who both operate in investing large sums of money, is there room for them both to have the name Sutter in their name? Beast Mode Burke is saying no. What, what do the rest of you guys think? Um, Beast Mode Burke said, yes, I think they were related. Me too. If I'm, you know, if there, I don't know how many venture capitalists or private equity firms there are in the United States. That's not a sector that I'm familiar with. Maybe um, King Tax Services 18 can tell us. She's on here as Tanya Blingologist, but she's, she is an amazing tax prep person and she also gives you great budgeting advice go follow her on king tax services 18 tanya um do you know high ancient beats do you know off the top of their head off the top of your head how many private equity or venture capitalist firms there are um weekend course creator said they knew they were oh weekend course creator said they knew they were piggybacking on their name okay um all right and i think so too because 
it, like I read in the story, Sutter Hill is one of the oldest private equity firms in the United States, and they're based in California. Why would you, as a company that does something similar to this long-standing company, put such a, put the same word in your name? So, hopefully, Sutter Hill Ventures is able to get their injunction in their attorney's fees. But we will keep an eye on that as we move forward. Okay, so we are moving on to our next story. But before we do that, I want to remind you that you are watching MPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Thursday live broadcast where I teach legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. Uh, I'm Natalie Pierre-Lewis, and I'm the owner of MPL Consulting LLC. I help you get your startup started the legal way. I help you get your business paperwork together, your registrations, your EIN numbers, your DUNS numbers. I do all of that. So go to Linktree forward slash MPL Consulting Firm and check me out. Um, also, you can if you want to advertise your business on the show, there is a spot for you to do that. I do 30-second spots starting at $9, okay? Uh, weekend course creators said, like McDonald's and McDowell's in Coming to America. Right, they were very similar. If that had happened in real life, there would have probably been a trademark infringement suit between McDonald's and McDowell's. Uh, <laughs> all right, next story. Have any of y'all heard of a little company called Microsoft? <laughs> If you've heard of this little tiny company called Microsoft, give me an M in the comments. <laughs> Excuse me. And I should see, let me see, I got five and seven. I should see 12 uh, M's. <laughs> Weekend course creator said vaguely. I should see 12 M's. Y'all know who Microsoft is. Microsoft runs all of our, um, all of our systems, especially if you work for a corporate company, uh, unless they're, like, on the Mac system. But I think even Mac has, like, doesn't Mac have a Microsoft, like, a Windows thing? I don't know that much about computers, guys. Anyway, we all know Microsoft. They pretty much run run the, the business computer world, right? Um, started by Bill Gates, worth billions and billions of dollars. They do a lot of stuff. Um we also know that there are a lot of companies out there that, uh, or not companies, but people out there who are, I don't know if they just don't have anything better to do with their time or they are just too lazy to go out and get a job, but they make malware and they use it to infect computers and steal your financial information and wreak havoc, right? Um, Microsoft is suing two companies that make malware because they're saying that these, um, the companies that make, or the, the, the individuals or organizations, I'm not even going to call them companies, that make this, these type of computer programs, and when I say malware, malware is a type of computer program that basically just messes up your computer, right? So this malware that, the, that these organizations create, when they get onto your computer, they disguise themselves and they hide in the programming, and you don't know that it's malware, you just think that your computer is messing up, Right? And not only that, um, the, when uh, the the malware, it will send you spam emails, it will steal financial info, it will steal personal info, and my, and it was hey new Haitian, and it was invading um, Microsoft systems. So Microsoft, while they don't know the names of the people who created these programs, they have still filed suit against them in court for tarnishing. Microsoft's image because their argument is 
You can't tell when these programs are on your computer. So when people's computers are glitching or their, in, or their information gets stolen, they think that it's a problem with Microsoft's system. So Microsoft is saying that these malware um, creators, they are tarnishing Microsoft's image because you cannot differentiate the malware from the Microsoft programming. So um, what do you guys think about that argument? Um, do you think that that is a valid argument? I'm not into computers. I don't know how computer programming works. But to me, it makes sense that if you create something that is specifically designed to wreak havoc in people's lives and people cannot detect that you did it and then you hide it in someone else's product that's supposed to help people, you are damaging their reputation. It's like putting, um, it, I'll say, so I used to watch, um, there was a show I watched and this girl wanted to mess up this other girl's brownies. So she replaced the, the sugar that she was supposed to put in there with salt. So the sugar, you look at it and you're like, oh, this is sugar. Great, great, great. But then there's salt inside. You don't know that it's salt because it didn't say that it's salt. So when you put it in the brownies and the brownies come out bad, you're like, oh, what happened? This, this isn't sweet at all. What kind of sugar is this? Right? So that is what Microsoft is arguing. So do you think that that is a good argument by Microsoft? And two, do you think, how do you sue who you don't know? Do they know the companies? Well, they have sued them as John as John Doe 1 and John Doe 2. Um, it is possible to sue someone even if you don't have their name. It's It just gets a little bit complicated. They're... Um, Technically, they, they're still looking for the people, but they have filed this suit and they are still in the progress of trying to find the creators of this program. But they know that this program exists. Um, it's called the Neckers Botnet, N-E-C-U-R-S-B-O-T-N-E-T. So I, I this much I know about computer programming. It's like writing a book. You know, there uh, people can kind of identify coding in different places. They can identify coding that comes from, from somewhere. So they probably have people at Microsoft right now, like really inspecting this coding and trying to figure out where it originates from. All right. Um, so do you think that Microsoft will be successful in finding the originators of this botnet, of this spamware, of this malware? Microsoft, who it has millions of dollars, they had to file a John Doe suit. And while I totally fear for them and they've built up their name and they should be defending their name because this malware is ruining their reputation, I don't hold out a lot of hope that they're going to be able to find these malware um these malware creators because a lot of times they're not in the United States or you know they're very sophisticated, they hide behind a lot of firewalls, but I hope that Microsoft, with all of their resources, would be able to find these people. But what do you guys think? Do you think that Microsoft is going to be able to find who is actually creating the Neckers botnet? Oh, excuse me. All right, I'm going to give y'all like one, like 30 more seconds to put your um, responses in, and then we're going to move on to our last story, which I am very excited about. Um, if you saw my post today... You kind of know a little bit of what I'm going to talk about. Weekend Course Creator said no. She doesn't think um, that they're going to be able to find them. I don't think so either. But, you know, you got to try. You have to defend your name out there. Because if you don't, like, you could lose, you, could, you could lose, you know, the power behind it. All right. 
So, guys, we are on to our last story for the evening, which is my favorite. I'm going to tell you the history of the Monopoly game. <laughs> I know it doesn't necessarily sound that exciting right now, but it actually um, comes in nice with what we do because this is a story of why patents are important. Hi, Sunny, to me. Uh, the 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 history of the of the monopoly game is like a prime example of why patents are important okay um so if you didn't know um my, the monopoly game was actually invented by a woman uh a woman named Lizzie Maggie in 1903 uh she was a quaker and it was originally called the landlord's game and the purpose of the game was to teach about the ills of capitalism. So the original purpose of what we now know as the Monopoly game was to teach us that having a Monopoly was bad. <laughs> All right? Here's where things get dicey. So Lizzie, you know, she did her game. She was going around showing people her game. She wasn't really trying to do anything with it, but Lizzie was smart, and she got a patent for her game in 1904. So as Lizzie's going around... Showing people the game, trying to, you know, convert them to, you know, being better people in their lives or whatever. Um, she shared the game with a friend called Charles Darrow. However, Charles was a wolf in sheep's clothing because he stole her game idea. He literally, he asked her to write down the rules for him. He took the rules and he went and sold the game idea to Parker Brothers, Okay. Beast Moldberg is laughing at me. He sold the game idea to Parker Brothers, which is now which was bought by Hasbro. So originally Monopoly, when it came out, it came out under the Parker Brothers, and then the Parker Brothers were bought by Hasbro. So Charles Darrow, that snake in the grass, he stole Lizzie's idea, went to Parker Brothers, and said, "Hey, I created, um, I got this game. You want to buy it?" And um, the the Parker Brothers, they were like. Yeah, we want to buy it. Um, and they were like, show us your patent. And he was like, uh, I'll do that after you give me the money. So after they gave Charles the money, they found out that Lizzie actually had the patent for the Monopoly game. So they went and they found Lizzie. And y'all, guess how much the, the, the Parker Brothers paid Lizzie for her patent of Monopoly? Monopoly that makes millions of dollars, that has so many versions. How much money you think... Hey, Nessie time, how much money you think Lizzie Maggie got for her um, Monopoly patent? I'm going to give y'all like two guesses. Two guesses. Um. <laughs> Weekend course creator says she got $27.99. She is not that low, girl. <laughs> give me a little something. Come on, it was... A, so when they, when they, um, to give you some context, when they found Lizzie, it was around 1935. So how much do you think they gave Lizzie in 1935? Bismo Burke said $100. Nope. They gave Lizzie a grand total of $500. And they said that they would, you know, help her develop some more games. Uh, now, uh, apparent her other games were not that popular, but we have seen the popularity of Monopoly. And Lizzie only got $500. But why I like this story is because at least she got the recognition. Because had she not had a patent, we wouldn't even know her name. All right? 
Next time, yes, Monopoly was invented by this lady named Lizzie Maggie, and it was the idea was stolen from her and sold to Parker Brothers. And Parker Brothers realized she had a patent for it, went and found her, and only paid her five hundred dollars. That's what they offered her. So the reason why I like this story is because at least she had a patent so that there was a record of her ownership. Because, like I said, we would not know her name otherwise because Charles stole her idea. Um, and at least Lizzie, Lizzie got something for her idea and we now know her. I wish there was some way to go back and, you know, maybe, I don't know, give reparations to her family or something. Does she have, does she have kids? Does she have great grandkids? It was only 1935. What's that? Like 60, 70 years. Somebody got to be alive. Um, but that is, um, if you want to know like more details, because I'm giving you a very truncated version of this story. Um, this was in 19, this was in the, like the early 1900s Nessie time. Nobody was really hiring lawyers like that. And, um, also Lizzie, Lizzie Maggie, she was a Quaker and they didn't really do the legal system like that. They're very religious. They're very kind of like, you know, be at peace with your fellow man. So I'm not surprised that she did not file suit against, um, the Parker brothers or Charles Darrow because that's not in their belief system. Okay. Um, but yes, so what was I saying? Uh, I forget what I was saying, but I, it, oh yes, I remember now. So if you want to hear like all of the details of this story, um, I heard it on this podcast called stuff you should know. Um, it's a really great podcast. They talk about everything on there. I was listening to the episode this weekend and it's called how monopoly works. Um, and they give you the whole breakdown of monopoly. It's history. They talk about Lizzie and all. And it, I was fascinated when I saw the title, I thought it was going to be so boring, but when I started listening, I just got so engrossed in it. So if you like podcasts, Go find stuff you should know and look for the How Monopoly Works episode, okay? All right, cool. So that is, um, those are the stories that we have for today. Uh, no, it's the one with two guys, Chuck and Josh. Wait, Chuck and Josh? Yeah, yeah, Chuck and Josh. It's the one with red. It's, it's like red, it's a, the, the logo, it's red, it's a red square with black lettering, it says stuff you should know. Yeah. Um, yes, so those were the stories that I wanted to share with you today. Um, I want to remind you guys, um, I'm going to be back tomorrow with more stories, but I did want to take a little bit of extra time out at the end, because we, um, we did, we did it a little bit at the beginning of the show, but I also want to do it at the end. Look, guys, we know that things, you know, they're not necessarily the greatest right now, but we still want to keep our spirits up. So we want to have um, another, like one more, you know, uh, we going to be all right moment. I want y'all to give like, you know, something great that happened to you in the last 24 to 72 hours because there is still life during and after Corona. All right. Corona ain't going to bring us down. So tell me something great that happened to you since 39 His good news with that. He don't have the Rona, which is great. Um, Tanya started on eBooks today. And she said she don't have the coconut virus. Who else? Somebody, somebody told me something good earlier. Let me see what it was. Uh, I can't find the other one. But um, yes, so if y'all have something good that happened to you, let me know so that we can share it because we want to put out positive energy right now to combat all the negativity that we're seeing. I can't even watch the news, guys. It's too much, all right? 
Um, but if you got anything positive, share it with us now. Because this is the we gonna be alright moment because we are gonna be alright. Alright? This is not forever. This is temporary. So, oh, my good news is that I paid off a bill today that had been nagging at me. So, hey, 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 go me. Uh, uh, uh. Don't forget to join me tomorrow at 8 p.m. for, uh, again, another episode of MPL Legal Dish. If you came in late and you want to watch the show, you can watch, yes, he does have it all. You can watch the replay on YouTube or on my Facebook page. Um, oh, Danielle Collins has a good news. She met a nice lady who invited her to a vendor event. Hey, that is awesome. Congratulations. What do you, uh, what, what is your product, Danielle? I would like to know. Um, yes. Uh, you have some bills. (laughs) Pay mine first. (laughs) Um, yes. So, uh, what else? Um, yeah. Yeah, you can watch the replays on YouTube and Facebook. If you want to subscribe to my YouTube channel, go to linktree forward slash MPL Consulting Firm. Oh, you make Tumblr cups? Oh, I like, okay. Tumblrs are awesome. Um, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel, linktree forward slash MPL Consulting Firm. You can also subscribe to the podcast. If you can't necessarily watch the video replay, you can at least listen to it. Uh... I, oh, remember I was promoting that, uh, conference movement con has been postponed due to everything that's happening, but I do have, um, a conference that I will be, uh, speaking at in June. It's going to be a virtual conference. So, um, it's going to be online, um, and it is a women's summit. So all you ladies here, um, if you got, uh, I'm going to be posting about it later in the week. But it is free to attend. You just have to register. Um, it's going to be an empowering, edifying, and educational experience for the ladies. So I'm very excited about it. Um, make sure that we are still talking about Dunn's numbers this month, guys. Uh, a lot of you guys, if you may, if you have products and you want to get them into big stores, or if you have a business that you want to get a federal contract for, you, or you want a business loan, you need a Dunn's number, okay? Um, your Dunn's number is your business password. It's going to get you into places that your EIN number can't get you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's how banks are going to check your business credit. It's how potential vendors are going to check your supply history. If you are an iOS developer, you need a DUNS number to to be an iOS um, developer. Uh, they, they won't let you do it otherwise. Okay, so there are. I actually have a post from last week where I tell you the ten the ten reasons why you need a DUNS number. So go check that out. Okay. Um, you can pick that up using the link in my bio, linktree forward slash MPL consulting firm. Um, join me here tomorrow night again. Come with your, uh, you know, we going to be all right stories because we are going to do this every time until we are through. All right. We are going to bring positive energy at this time and not let all the negativity get to us. All right. So. Have a great night, guys. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for your participation. Take care of yourselves. Don't catch the Rona. Wash your hands. Sleep and eat well. Okay? Bye.